Welcome back, everybody, to another show of Flyway Connections. My name is Chris. I'm here with my buddy, Joe. Hey, how y'all doing today? Hey, so today we got a special guest. Uh, Joe, you want to go ahead and introduce uh, our special guest? Yeah, special guest for the day is my good brother from another mother, the owner of Arm uh, Custom Calls, the man, the legend, Stump. Hey, how you doing today, Stump? I'm doing good, but I'm a little bewildered already. <laughs> you said R. Uh, so it, the thing is, like, he usually says RMC calls, which I know yes. RM calls is the right term, but we just thought it was well. Funny. Well, it, it, under I mean, under legally, it's RM custom calls, uh-huh. but we 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 try to leave the custom word off. People see that and they think certain things. So, oh, all right. So the, In, any of them works. <laughs> So I actually got a question, but when we get it started, uh, he he had made a little joke that he called me a tenderfoot to you. Did yeah. he did he do that? Did he call you a ten? Yeah. No, I wouldn't say a tenderfoot, okay. but I do. But I do. Hold up, wait a second. Wait. <laughs> okay, the aroma's coming through the phone. Just a second. <laughs> I, 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 there it is. I smell cherry. Yeah. Cherry pie, right? Yeah. Yes, I smell cherry pie. <laughs> cherry pie. Yeah, because he uh, first of all, he doesn't even. I'm the one that I think. I called him a tenderfoot one time. He had no idea what a tenderfoot was. I don't know if you know, but uh, oh, I know what tenderfoot is. I'm yeah. old, buddy. So okay, hey. so I called him a tenderfoot, and he uh, he's like, "What's a tenderfoot?" And I think the next day he tried to call me. He tried. He couldn't remember what it was, and a he called foot. me a soft foot. I was a like, "What the hell is soft foot? What in the what the? You know, what's a? Oh my god, dude, that's foot? about. Oh my lord. Okay, yeah, Joe, 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 Joe. We got to get you up to speed, brother. <laughs> Oh, soft hands over here now. And then he just told me he got uh, some lotion for his hands because his hands get all uh, rough and stuff. No, no, he did her. not. No, yes, he did. No. <laughs> hey, what's what's the lotion called that she got oh, man, you? Is that swab or whatever? It's some swab hey. lotion because his hands swab, are swab. <laughs> swab. I, I bet you it said swab with swab for men. Was it not? <laughs> yeah, it does. In the great boss. That way, it made you feel it made you feel better, didn't it? Yeah, when you're picking up those decoys and that brackish water, it really dries your hands up. Yeah, that's all he's doing, though, is picking up decoys. <laughs> yeah, because he's not picking up any birds. I've seen him <laughs> shoot, brother. <laughs> oh, tomorrow we got to go shoot. We're going to see him shoot skeet. I think I think the first day I met Joe, I think, well, that, that, that entire trip, if I'm not mistaken, there was like two, bo- two cases of shells mm-hmm. that were fired, and I think maybe... 16 birds died from fear <laughs> so yes yes hey, we ended up, wait, there was a but it might have been it might have been that he was just too short and couldn't stand up out of the pit <laughs> you know what i'm saying oh man oh love you brother yeah how was the turkey was today so it did not go. So we had uh, yeah, really crazy for North Carolina. You know, we get storms. Uh, but a lot of times because the Appalachian Mountains are to the west. It'll break those storms up. But if they'll sneak up through Georgia and South Carolina, you know, we'll get some good storms. Well, yesterday was the second tornado in this county, which I used to live out in Oklahoma. So tornadoes, no big deal. But for this county in this area, in the Uri Mountain area, to have tornadoes is really strange. Yeah. So we didn't we didn't go hunting this morning because we had uh, a whole bunch of storms and everything. And it's it's turkey season in South Carolina. North Carolina has not opened up yet. Okay. So yeah, but we've been. I've got property down there that I've been taking kids to. So what part of Oklahoma are you from? So I live in North Carolina, but I used to live in Oklahoma. Uh, what part? Uh, Tulsa. Just Tulsa. well, 
I, I lived in Claremore, which is like an hour, 45 minutes or so northeast. Okay, yeah, I'm from North Texas, so we go to Oklahoma and Texacoma all the time to go fishing and stuff. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of water there, lots of great fishing and everything. Yeah, great fishing, duck hunting. Too, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Buddy of mine caught a paddlefish yesterday that was banded, and I'm like, dude, you're just like a magnet. <laughs> well, they got, I, I know some of them, they got, some of the bass, they got them uh, tagged on their yeah. uh, brand and stuff. It's just basically say, please throw this back or something. I'm like, what the? Yes, yes. Crazy, but... um. Yeah, so we go. I got we go up there a lot. I, Windstar, especially. So, <laughs> little too, little too flat for me, but you know, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed my time, but just a little too flat for me. Yeah, but uh, all right. Uh, so before we get into, I actually have a questions. Um, and uh, Joe kind of told me, uh, but I want to hear it from the the mouth of uh, the guy who makes the calls. So yeah. I know you you basically make all your calls by hand. Uh, you have nobody else helping you. What got you yeah. to not get teach somebody else? Is it just because of preference or? Because most people stab you in the back. You're right. I mean, <laughs> you, you want to, you, I mean, You're if right. you call for me to be caught, I mean, I'm going to give you a straight answer. Seriously, most people will stab you in the back. So oh, you can true. show somebody there. They're, I can't explain the amount of intricacies that go into a duck call, especially mm-hmm. on the tone board. But there's so many other things outside of that. You start showing people how to make adjustments and do this and do that. And trust me, you know, the next thing you know, they know what they're doing and they go off and they do it. Now you've created another competition and you've been, but at the same time, I will say this, I take very much pride in stock in learning mm-hmm. how to do things from trial and error. You learn more from failures than you do successes. And, and I've had a tremendous amount of failures. Mm-hmm. I, I just believe that it's just better for somebody to learn on their own. Hence the reason why I've never really taken anybody underneath my wing or anything. Yeah, good thing you didn't take Joe. <laughs> nope, that bull would have had it to the highest bidder. <laughs> so how was? Can he you say wa- Can you say waffle? <laughs> so how was he with his uh, when you first heard him call? Oh, I bet. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I I think that the afterwards it was okay. Okay, you know that's. that's Let's try not to do any more of that right now. <laughs> let's let's work on shooting ducks. You know, I mean, we are here with we are here with Valor and Honor. Let's at least get the ducks in, get some shots, so I get some video. We'll work on the calling away from the blind. Yeah, it's like, uh, hey, hey, here's a, here's a whistle. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's where you got it from. <laughs> so, like, like, you know, me and Stumpler, we talk all the, all the time, um, and that's where I'll say like. I grew up, you know, in the duck clubs. You know, mm-hmm. I I was spoiled. Uh, where Stump definitely mentored me at was the public land DYI, A bud. Like the ducks aren't going to come to you because you, you sound like the the penguin from Happy Feet. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I was using uh, Echo double reeds. Like I thought the double reeds was the way to go. Yeah. Well, with your double reads uh, and, and Echo, you know, Rick makes a fine call. Yeah. Uh, he's a nice, I mean, I can't say anything bad about Rick or anything. Uh, and, and man, there's been a lot of, a lot of ducks have been killed to that call. So, so you know, but at the end, but at the end of the day, you know, all, call operation has a lot to do with, I, I believe, with waterfowling. So for our listeners and uh, new person, new people in the waterfowl community like myself, yeah. Um, what is the ex- difference between a? And I know that there's double reads in there, but what's the difference as far as the technique and calling on a double read and a single read? Well, so the double read basically is a. Tr- it's got training wheels in it, which is that second read. 
Uh -huh. uh, you could make you could make a lot of sounds with a double read, but you will never ever be able to duplicate the, the intricacies, the pitch changes, the cadence, all of the little in, in, you know nuances that you can do with a single read. So, can you kill ducks with a double read? Lord, yes. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> where 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 I where I live at, most people blow a double read out here on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. uh, however, when you go out duck hunting, there's probably five ducks the, that you're going to see, and everybody's everybody's going to toot 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 at them uh, and dig a dig a dig a. <laughs> well, you had better know how to do something else. And what you would you know, I've always prided myself into be able to have a large vocabulary because. It, it, for example, on our on our hunt up in Michigan or in uh, Missouri this year with a good buddy, and uh, those ducks were very pressured. They were very stale ducks. Mm -hmm. It took a little bit to figure out what they wanted. And once we once figured out that they they really liked a little squeal on the end of almost every freaking note, even though even on the hails, you know, we are rah, 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 you just, rah, 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 don't cut that note hard. We started working birds, but if you could not make that sound. You never would have worked those birds. Okay, yeah, because so I actually bought one of your, the uh, our Alpha. Uh, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> hey, Joe was the one that told me, "Hey, you need to get the Alpha one." That uh, like, <laughs> I could have, I could have recommended a lot more better. To uh, next time, I, yeah, next time I'll call you because. So my daughter actually fell in love with calling. I took her out because uh, I've taken her out hunting, deer hunting, and stuff like that, fishing and all that. Yeah. Um, but we got into, uh, so I'll be honest. I say this probably on every show. Uh, I wasn't much of a duck hunter just cause I made fun of duck hunters, but I used to do the same thing. <clears throat> but, uh, anyways, besides that, my daughter actually really enjoyed it. I showed her a video of like competition calling. So now she's all into that. And I actually right. gave her the alpha and she's been practicing on that, watching videos. Uh, Joe sent me some videos. Uh, now that she's, How old is she? she's, she's 13. Okay. Um, did you did you help her out by trimming that read up just a little bit? Uh, so yeah. Joe did. Yes. Okay. Okay. Joe did. Um, yep. And uh, I mean, honestly, she sounds. If you heard me duck call, you probably tell me to leave. But um, I'm pretty. <laughs> no, no, you're more than welcome to stay in the blind. We would just ask you from to refrain from doing that. But you know, because I I, I don't I don't pay for guides. I've I've never paid for guides. Yeah. We, basically, it's all freelance. Uh huh. And we've got three days or, you know, maybe four to make magic happen. Uh -huh. uh, you know, we're, we're there to hunt, man. We're not there to, you know, we're doing it the, what we consider the real way. Our scouting, the whole nine yards, and we're, we're calling decoys, everything. Yeah. And she, uh, so. <laughs> she, she got, she actually sounds really good, which was surprising because I, I, and I asked her how she does some of that stuff, and a lot of it comes from your diaphragm for singing. And she she sings also; she loves singing. So, right, right. Um, so she sounds really. So hopefully, she just gets really good. Where I just need to take well, her with me, and I could blow the whistle. <laughs> well, we well not only that, but seriously, uh, I can't stress enough. We need more women in the sports. Yeah, uh, especially in this sport. She she loves it. Um, I think if I told her if she gets good enough, uh, I was going to send some uh, recordings to Joe just to hear her out. Uh, maybe, maybe by this year, next year, have her uh, 
compete out of te- in Texas. So well, there, there's there's plenty of ju- there's there's plenty of youth contests. Mm-hmm. Um, getting up there, and I, and I I will tell you, if you want to learn how to run a duck call, go to calling contests. Even if you don't compete, mm-hmm. being being around really good callers will just listening to some of the things they're doing. And then once you get to know some of those guys, yeah, I, I've not met any of them. I've not met one that would not sit there and and try to explain to you how they're doing certain things, or that would listen to you and go, "Hey, you need to start here. You need to change this." Yeah, absolutely. And I and that's another thing is when I uh, got into the waterfall community, I mean everybody's there to help. It's crazy because I I'll go on a on one of my deer stands and guys are like, "Hey, this is my spot." Like, Come on, man. Like this is public land and well, then you don't hunt around here because waterfowlers around here aren't nice. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying when I'm deer hunting. But I'll tell you right now, buddy, you're in a spot and somebody else thought that they were going to get that spot and it's public water and they pull up, you're probably going to get cussed at pretty good before <laughs> they end up leaving. Oh, we we see some things at uh, Lacassin here down here in Louisiana. Yeah, it's, so it's it's insane some of this stuff. These boys will these boys sleep on. Sleep in hammocks or sleep in their boats overnight to get a spot because they saw a duck, not ducks, uh, <laughs> a duck. Yeah, I, I, uh, I definitely say that going from North Carolina to Louisiana was a little bit different with the, the variety of ducks. Would agree. Uh, but. Would agree. I took uh, Truett this year, my best friend, Truett Farmer, took him down uh, two years ago down to Louisiana uh, for his first time down to Venice. A rough year. Uh, we had uh, uh, the low tide was at six o'clock in the morning. So it sucked all the water out of the bays. And, you know, we were listening to all the guides that were around there telling their clients, sorry, you know, the birds just aren't here and all these other things. And it took us a day to find birds. And once we did, we shot limit limits for the next three days. Mm-hmm. But like he said, you know, you could never have done that in North Carolina. I mean, if the birds aren't there, they're not there. You can't, you're not driving around and finding them. Let's put it that way. You know, uh, so how how was your season this year or this past year? Well, North Carolina it was it was horrendous. Okay. Uh, it, so if I shoot five to ten birds in North Carolina, that's usually a pretty good year. And, and now that's not calling that's not wood ducks. Yeah. We do. I don't target wood ducks. I'm not getting up that early in the morning, heading to a wood duck hole to get a 15 minute shoot to leave. Yeah, I, I'm there. To, I'm there to. No, see, I'm there. I'm there to waterfowl. Yeah. Okay. If wood ducks come through our waterfowling area, that is wonderful. But we are there for mainly the larger puddle ducks. Uh, I love to eat wood ducks and everything, but I'm not. I'm not spending all of that time and energy for a 15 minute hunt. Yeah, that's just that, not. That's, that's Joe, 100. percent Oh yeah. We wake up. Oh, oh, Joe looks like an internet hero. Check it out. We shot legs. <laughs> and there's stump one. Yeah, we didn't even fire a shot, baby. Oh man. So you know he's got he's got duck in hand. So you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, internet yeah. hero. Yeah, <laughs> I love yeah, them. I'll tell you, I love them wood ducks, man. They're, they eat good. They're oh, they eat food. wonderful. And they are fun to shoot and everything. Uh, like I said, we just – there was a time when I did target wood ducks because it was the predominant duck in North Carolina in this area. But I've gotten to where, you know, I enjoy – a lot of people, it's, it's all about numbers. Uh, for me, I've always got a soldier with me. Uh, or I always have a kid with me uh, or a female. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's more about the adventure. And when I mean the adventure, come on, guys, you know how it is watching somebody back, try to try to back their boat up into the lake or, or try to start their boat or the, or the ride over there and all the logs you hit in the dark or, 
you forgot this, but you fell in. Oh, yeah. oh, all of oh, those yeah. stories. <laughs> yeah, all of those stories. So Joe and I could sit here and talk about the time that we got to hunt together. And to be honest with you, we'd probably have to really work hard to try to figure out how many birds we shot each day. Yeah. But we can tell you about what happened on each hunt every single day. Those memories will last me a lifetime that I will pass on to other people. The numbers, I will never remember that, and I would never pass those numbers on to somebody because it's just not that important. Yeah, and I, I actually 100% agree. Um, yeah. I think one of the reasons I fell in love with waterfowl is just the joy my kids got because my, my oldest son uh, is not the quietest person. So when I got him in a tree stand for when we hunt in deer or yes. when we out there, we're out there in the, a blind or something – He's not quiet, but when he took, we took him waterfowl hunting down Lacassan, uh, Lacassan Joga went ahead and, uh, took us and him and his boy and my boy were just shooting the, shooting the shit, just, ch- uh, oh, yeah. talking. Oh yeah. Just in, enjoying the hunt. Yeah. And, I, and my daughter went with us. She loved it. I mean, they fell in the water a couple of times, but that's just cause my daughter had uh, waiters that were way too big for her. But, uh, you it, know, it from fall. Every time you make those mistakes, they're hilarious. They're, yeah. They make great stories, but they're, but they're also learning lessons for what not to do on the next. You know, and I will always say you learn more from failure than you do success. And I'll be honest, like, I don't even remember how many, if what we killed, like, I just remember yeah. the memories of them falling. I remember them, yep. you know, just having fun and, uh, man, it, and my, my kids missing cause we got bored and we started shooting at some coots. <laughs> yep. So, um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I d- definitely, uh, I think that's one of the reasons I fell in love with it. But yeah, I don't blame you. That's that's the reason I fell in love with it. And and to be honest with you, where we where we live at North Carolina, if you do not enjoy that part, mm-hmm. you're not a waterfowler yeah. because you you sure aren't going to go waterfowling because you're shooting numbers around here. Yeah, yeah, you, you definitely getting straps and mallards and stuff like that in North Carolina. It, it, exactly. You know, uh, we 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 must do out of state hunts to be able to do hunts to where we, you know, we have an opportunity to, you know, enjoy physically shooting birds. Yeah. And I, that's definitely what I'm going to do. So I'm actually moving back to Texas. I told yeah. Joe next this season, I'm going to come down a couple of times for teal season and stuff. Uh, oh yes. Take oh, my yes. kids. And then hopefully this year I get to go to Arkansas, uh, Arkansas and hunt. So, uh, definitely some, gonna some hunt. really, really yeah. awesome people out in Arkansas. Some, some, uh, some, you know, whether you're doing flooded rice or you're doing timber, uh, you know, it offers a whole, a plethora of different things out there. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to go, uh, hunt up there by, uh, Lake Tex Arcana, uh, Arcana and stuff. So yes, yes. Like Oklahoma, Tex or Oklahoma, Oklahoma. I don't know. It's a Texas, Oklahoma border. Yes. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, other than that, I mean, I definitely fell in love with it. So when did you actually, did you always, uh, waterfowl hunt down in Oklahoma or did you, when did you actually get started? No, I, I, I man, I, I used to laugh at waterfowlers and I'll never forget. I'll never forget the one time I walked through a, it was either, I'm pretty sure it was a Cabela's. Um, and I was walking through the, by the duck hunting case where the, all the calls are sitting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they had the little, this was before the internet, you know, back when the dinosaurs and things like that. Oh, and beepers. Go ahead, Joe. Get the old joke. I got my, I got my pimp daddy cane. <laughs> but, uh, so somebody, one of the guys had not flipped over because they got the little tag on it to tell you how much it is. But, you know, they have it flipped over. So you physically go, ooh, let me see that call. But, so you don't get state. Oh, then you go, ooh, and you put it back. 
somebody ha- didn't have it flipped over. And, and, and it was an R&T call. I had no idea what an R&T was. Right? All I know is I saw that tag. And I believe at the time the tag said $129.99. And I looked, I, I was like, you got to be freaking crazy. And sitting <laughs> out in, on a lake, freezing to death in sub, you know, freezing weather out here, riding on a boat across the lake and spending that kind of money on just a duck haul? Oh, these guys are idiots. Um, so, no, no, I did not hunt. I uh, did a little hunting as a kid. Uh, stepdad took me out here and there. But I didn't start waterfowling until probably about 2006-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I bought a little boat on the side of the road, and, man, for the first three years, I didn't blow a duck call because I was, I was afraid somebody would hear me. Um, you know, and hunted the dumbest, craziest places and just off. I mean, I didn't shoot a duck for two or three years, but I was a glutton for punishment and kept going back and then started meeting people and, you know, those experiences and everything and, and started learning some things. Okay. So no, I've, I've only been hunting. I've only probably been duck hunting for probably since I'd say it was about 2006. And where did you start? You started in North Carolina? Yeah. Here in North Carolina. Okay. And, uh, you, you, just for the viewers, uh, you were also in the service, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. And you were down there based at Bragg? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was based at Fort Bragg. I got out, uh, moved out to Oklahoma for a couple of years, right. realized that right after it's World War II. <laughs> yeah, right, at, yeah, right, after, right after World War II. And uh, realized that Oklahoma was not for me as an adult mm-hmm. and came back to North Carolina to the town that I live in now. Uh and been here ever since, but this is where I, I mean, this is where I really cut my teeth on truly on deer hunting, turkey hunting, waterfowling, hog hunting, the whole nine yards, right, right here in Carolina. Sounds like a really good hunt down there. Yeah. I was, I was probably, uh, in my early thirties before I really started hunting. Joe just said, what, 87? <laughs> yeah, yes. Early thirties, yeah, 87. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I got out of the military in 92. Oh, wow. You got out when my dad got out. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm 52 years old. Yeah, I think that's around the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Joe's like making, if you could see the faces that Joe's making right now, I'm sure you you already know what he's doing. But uh. oh, they're classic. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's the old dude. Funny, yeah. funny is the old dude's always up front going, "Come on, guys, let's go." <laughs> hey, when we were in Arkansas, I was it was me and you waiting in the lobby for everyone else. Yes. Yeah, me and Joe were carrying a lot of the weight and and everything, and and it's one of the things that I've always prided myself on is no matter where we hunt, no matter how hard how far you got to haul gear or whatever you got to do to get there, I've always prided myself on being healthy enough to be able to be at, up at the front of the pack, you know, and I'm carrying my weight and somebody else's as well. Yeah, I definitely say that that first night when we all met up in Arkansas. Yep, I didn't sleep. I was like a kid waiting for Christmas in the morning. Yeah. I'm room, just like. We're about to hunt. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait, man. Hopefully, this season it goes through. Well, you know, not only are you sitting there and it's like, holy mackerel, you know, we're here in Arkansas and everything. You know, you're you're getting to hunt in Charles Petty's one of his blinds. Uh, you know, a living legend and everything. I mean, that if that doesn't get your juices flowing as a waterfowler, I, I don't know what does. Yeah, well, yeah. just the whole like, aspect of Arkansas, like going to Max's. Going yes. To you know the you know the going to Worlds and watching the Worlds competition. I mean, yes, definitely. Like that was, you know, 
Yes. So Chris, so so Chris, every year, uh, Charles Petty, uh, like I said, living legend, uh, world championship caller, Mm -hmm. uh, and just a true gentleman. So every year he opens up his pits on his property where he has a guide service to the Foundation Valor and Honor Outdoors, which I'm a board member of. Uh Uh, So every year I drive out, I meet four to five veterans there. And we hunt normally three days with Mr. Charles. From there, we'll normally drive over to Stuttgart, uh, you know, and usually get on two-day hunts over in Stuttgart, uh, depending on how, on how all that goes. Uh, we'll be able to go inside uh, for the, uh, the caller's dinner. So all the guys that have qualified for the world championship, they have a dinner the night before. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they're allowed to bring a guest. Well, if they don't bring a guest, they will – a lot of those guys are my friends. I call with them and compete with them. They'll escort one of our veterans in so we can get everybody in. You know, the guys get to meet the greatest callers, you know, out there right now. Yeah. And then we spend the next day at the festival, you know, watching the world championship there on Main Street and Stuttgart and everything. Nice. Uh, but, you know, if it wasn't for Mr. Charles and uh, doing stuff yeah. like that, there's just no way that would happen. So, you know, yeah, hats off to him. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I definitely agree it. And that's one of the reasons uh, I talked to Joe about starting something like this, just to uh, get our voice out for uh, Vow and Honor Honor organizations. It's something I always kind of want to do, especially like uh, friends and buddies and brothers that are deployed and stuff. uh, Just kind of somehow get get a voice for them out there. But so, I mean, the Arkansas thing, from my understanding, is still going on this year? Uh, So far, Yes. Uh, and, no, and normally, like when we go to Stuttgart, a uh, couple good friends of ours, Chad Scarborough and Jacob Portner, uh-huh. they they have some places in Stuttgart. Man, those, I mean, how many guys will put their hunting aside to make sure that they take you and those vets and put you out there to where those guys get to shoot ducks? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully, it's definitely yeah. an honor. Like, yeah, I mean, that's, it's like, it's pretty cool. Definitely, stumping John, like taking me on the first. Like I wanted the first one. Mm-hmm. It was definitely, I mean, as much fun as we had. I mean, it was very humbling like, hanging out with those guys. And yeah, hopefully, I get to go this year uh, and get to meet you guys too. So, oh yeah, um, that'll be fun. But uh, yeah, I mean, as far as uh, me and Joe, uh, kind of a little background between us. We, I know. Uh, I don't know if he's said anything about me uh, besides that uh, that I could whoop his butt. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, we we actually met here, and he I've been here what a little over two years, and yeah. the first year he tried to get me to go out, and I, I was like you, I made fun of duck hunters, like I don't want to go out there in a blind and blow on something all day, like I want to go kill, you know, get a rack or something. But mm-hmm. um, and then I didn't kill nothing that year. I was I was upset. I just PCS from Campbell. I was upset. So the following year, we got a, a hunting lease down here in, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, I just brain farted. What's the hunting lease that we, me and Ayala got? Oh, that was over the Anacoco. Anacoco. <clears throat> and the hurricanes happened. It just, it was horrible. Uh, we had to recut a bunch of like, uh, to get access to our, uh, to our stands. And yeah. it was just frustrating. Yeah. And finally, I just gave in. I was like, you know what? I'll go with you. Let's go. And that first day, I I fell in love with it. It was crazy, the mm-hmm. grind, the hustle. You go out there and you feel like you you actually were there to 
do something. Even if, and I don't think we even killed birds at first. We didn't kill birds. Yeah, I had birds working that day. Yeah, the birds are working. It's just to me, it was. Uh, I don't even know how to explain it. I wanted. To, I don't know how to explain it without sounding corny, but it was. Uh, it was uh, like really therapeutic. Therapeutic. There you go. Yeah. Really therapeutic. And I said that to him. It was like a really like waterfowl therapeutic like mindset. Like I was at, I was at ease. I was calm. I was able to conversate with these guys. Uh, we're able mm-hmm. to see these birds and how they land. And man, I will say this: wood ducks. I know uh, well, that's hey, all we went. I I just love the way they look. Because uh, he he don't believe me sometimes. I was at working these birds. I mean, it depends work, work, on... Working wood, working wood ducks? Oh, I, I'm working oh. wood ducks. Big duck. Man, you smoking crap. <laughs> they just want they just want to be there. <laughs> all you got to do is kick the, all you got to do is kick the water and they'll come. Kick, <laughs> kick the water. <laughs> no, but he uh, on a real note, he really did work some uh, some ducks down in Lackison, which was it's pretty amazing how you work it. And that was one of the reasons I was like, you know, I really want to learn how to duck call just because it's amazing how you can work these ducks to come to you, even though the, the guy, you know, a hundred, hundred meters away from you is also duck calling, but you mm-hmm. can get them into your, uh, your decoy set or whatever. So, right. And I think that was one of the, re- one of the other reasons why my daughter fell in love with it just cause she, it, I don't, I don't know. She just really liked it. She liked, uh, she we saw had, a competition. Had, had all those speckle bellies work that day. Yeah. She, she, I showed her a video of a competition calling. I think it was in Louisiana. And uh, she just she said she wanted to do that. And I told her to keep practicing. And I sent her mm-hmm. the videos that Joe sent me to practice on. And I told her, you know, listen to ducks and how they sound and how they quack. And uh, so she's been doing that. And she's honestly, I feel like she's going to be the out of my my son doesn't care. My son, he's just like that. I just want to kill ducks. <laughs> Like he doesn't. That's he, what we all want to do. He, he's just like, well, Dad. I just you better. Then you need to tell your son that he needs to get a really good job, so that he has a <laughs> lot of money, so that he can pay a hundred thousand dollars for a really good lease. Yeah. Because if he's poor, because if he's poor like me, he's going to have to work for some freaking docs, baby. It's a, it's a yeah. Job. Luckily, he's luckily he's smart. A B, uh, or he does uh, he does those spelling bee competitions. He's kind yeah. of and yeah, yeah, yeah. He competes in those nationally or whatever. He's kind of a a weirdo. But oh, I love him. Uh, I love my I love my son. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a little jokester. My fingies hurt and all this stuff. And he uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Takes uh, all kinds, man. Yeah, I love him. But he he loves being out there. He he lo- he likes the idea that he doesn't. He can me and him can bond more and right. Uh, he can bond with others and he, uh, other water waterfowlers. When we get down, I mean, I can't tell you how many times we talked to other waterfowlers there down in Lackison that we were also hunting and. You know, it's just a bond that you get with them, and my son liked that, the idea of meeting new people. So. <laughs> you you think it's a bond, and they're telling <laughs> you they're telling you exactly where they were hunting and what they were doing. The funny part is, that's not where they were, and that's not what they were doing. Yeah, because if you think, hey, hey, I'm your buddy, I'm going <laughs> to give you my spot. I saw yeah. Joe, Joe firsthand doing that, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. that's a lot. Yeah. I'll tell you uh-huh. hunt. I don't care about right, that. Like, like, like last time we were in Louisiana, when we left, there was one of the guides at the, at the little restaurant we were eating at. He, he was exceedingly nice to us. And he, every day after that first day, he kind of looked over at us and he's like, you know, how many did you get? And I, you know, I whispered, you know, we saw the limit, two-man limit. Didn't want to say anything loud because he had clients over there. So every day he would see us and he'd be like, you know what, what? And we're like, shot limits again. So we did that for three days. Well, the third day, the fourth day, you know, we're going to leave. 
so we we do that morning hunt we shot another limit uh when we went in for breakfast we were getting done i, I nodded at him and he came outside the restaurant uh i asked him i said hey do you have on x he's like yeah i said here and i shot him the pin of where we've been sitting for the last three days i said right there's where we we've been shooting ducks he's like you gotta be kidding me i would never have thought of that mm-hmm. yeah they're, they're there but you got to work they're about 250 yards through the cane there's some holes there's this there's that I don't know if he went there or not, but you know, he yeah. he treated us treated us respectfully and was super nice. So you know, I made sure to to throw that along. Besides that, I, I mean, I don't know when I would get back down there. Mm-hmm. So so hopefully in September. But... Yeah, yeah, and, and every year, and here's the funny part: every year the hurricanes that come through there, it changes. That place that yeah. might not be that's, there the next that's time. No, that's no joke, man. Um, no man, it changes down there like crazy. I'll tell you what, though, this hurricane lore, as bad as it was, I had some house damage. Then you know, I evacuated my family. Yeah, for some reason, like I'm like you, I'm a glutton for pain. I wanted to stay and you know live through it. But I'll tell you what, Hurricane Laura brought the teal. This, and for the listeners, like, which one was the first one? Was it Laura or was, was it Laura, the other one? Was Laura, what was the Delta, second one? Delta. Delta, yeah. But I'll tell you what. Uh, since I moved down here to Louisiana, we had a you know a pretty good teal season for that blooming teal season. Man, this year was phenomenal on those blue wings. Mm-hmm. And I, you would think that for some reason that that, that storm kept them around. Well, I will say, I think from, and I didn't hunt last season. I hunt this past season, but not the season before. I will say from what you explained to me, uh, because they had that other public area closed. Close, yeah. We, there was a little trouble on killing ducks. I mean, we killed ducks. Yeah, I mean, but, you, you'll talk to a lot of guys. And, and, and <clears throat> Stubble Tags, he hunts all over the place. People, I mean, and this is this is my opinion. People talk about, you know, the ducks. Oh, they're not here no more like they used to be. I mean, this year the, the ducks are here. Numbers don't lie, um, but there's just a lot of areas you can't hunt, and a lot of public or private land that you can't hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those those private land guys are they're killing they're killing birds. Um, but like Hackberry this year was closed. Mm-hmm. The biologist did a flyby, and they were seeing thousands upon thousands of birds stacked up in Hackberry. I mean, they weren't getting shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because they were, they were safe. Yeah, yeah that's where they're there. But, it, right. but it's crazy, like, and this is just me because I've been in Tennessee, California, I've been, uh, Texas, I mean, different areas, and I feel like these hurricanes just cause disruption to some of the the, the animals that you're targeting. Well, and, they change the landscape. Well, like, even fishing, like, look at look at uh, here in Butnicks, like, the biologist mm-hmm. said there's nothing. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's like, how can there be nothing in this big, this big lake? Oh, yeah. And, uh, Vernon, I mean, there's fish there. Same thing, Anacoco. So, I mean, I don't know if they're going to restock them or what's going on. Or even like when I went deer hunting, uh, a, a lot of like the game warden told me like a lot of a lot of the deer got pushed more north the just because of the hurricane. Yeah. So, it's crazy. And I wonder, Mother, yeah, God, God, God will do what God wants to do, no matter what you, no matter whether you. Oh, I want a duck hunt there. It don't oh, yeah. matter. Absolutely, and I, I 100% agree. Like, yep. Uh, I don't know. I I thought about just going up north, but I can't complain about this. No, I can't complain either. I my for my first season, I think I did well for a lot of people who had their first season. You know, yeah. Uh, Luckily, I had you to help me out. Um, because if I would have went out there and (laughs) and uh, duck called, I uh, it was it was bad. I talk a lot of mess, but I I will say like 
I I have been lucky the last like five, six, seven years of you know since I've been with Valen Honor and known stumping them. So have, so here here's a here, here's a question, Stump. So when you went out hunting with Joe, did he claim that he shot all the birds? No. Okay. <laughs> Joe, no, there were there were others that did that, but no, not Joe. Okay. No. <laughs> but then, but then, but then again, I mean, you know, when you when you've got when you've got guys like this in a blind that have really never done it, but the only thing they understand, you know, is the things they they bring, the skills they bring from the military. Uh-huh. Uh, those are stationary targets. Uh, very seldom later they moving, and if they are moving, they're not juking and jiving. Uh-huh. Uh, so just getting guys to understand lanes. This is your kill zone. You know, this is this when they come in, you must stay within this kill zone. Because at the end of the day, when you've got five guys in a pit blind or six or seven, you know, birds are on the right. If everybody leans over and starts shooting to the right, you're shooting. You've got a good chance of shooting off the end of each other's barrels and all kinds of mishaps. So just really just getting guys to understand their lanes. And then when the birds come in, you say, shoot. You know, all right, boys, take them. And the guys go to shooting. Man, you know it's really hard to know what you've hit and what, what somebody else has hit. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I, Flock so, shooting. yeah, so I, yeah, I did. So that. yeah, that'll, <laughs> so, so that, that'll happen a lot instead of picking, you know, so if you're, I try to explain, especially the kids that I take and everything, but I try to explain, so you know, the birds come in, we, we had two, we had two vets in, in Missouri and this was, it was perfect. Um, we had a pair come around a corner, worked them all the way down. They're about, five foot off the water, 20 yards out. And, you know, they're cuffed. They're just about to sit down. And I, and I just looked over. I was like, take them, boys. They stood up. The gentleman in the blind on the left shot the left bird. The gentleman on the right shot the right bird. And it was a boom, boom. And both birds flipped, head down, straight into the water. Was that over that river? Yes. And that's, that's how it's supposed to happen. But when you get guys that are, you know, they're excited and they've never duck hunted. And all of a sudden there's, you know, there's 30 birds in front of them, man. They just shoot center mass because <laughs> they, they, they think they're just going to crush them. The next thing you know, nothing falls. And they're like, how is that even possible? See, pick, and I, pick that bird. see, I was, you I was, got to shoot. You got to pick them out. Yeah. I was exactly that person when I first started. Cause you know, I grew up shooting bow or shooting rifle or you know, we didn't really, we had shotguns, but we didn't, we didn't use them. I mean, even when I went squirrel hunting, it was never, we didn't use shotguns. And right, right. I talked to Joe and he's all like, yeah, just keep both eyes open. And both uh, eyes open. open you know, under, meat. you got to start understanding leads of yeah. distances or, you know, the species and what direction, the wind. Yeah. And that, there's that, a lot of things that go on. I, I've got a, I got this great video. I think it was day three. We were hunting Clint Shipman uh, and Clint's blind. It's a scissor, it's a scissor blind. It's a pit with the scissor on the top. And I'm I, so I'm I got the camera running, and he is working specs like nobody's business. And here they come. There's about six of them coming from behind us, and just as they pass right over the top of us, because they're going to land out in front of us. Just as they pass right over the top of us, mm-hmm. they're no more than twenty yards above us. I mean, they're it's it. This is an easy thing right here. There should be six dead specs. Clint yells, "Take them, boys! <laughs> I've got it on video." And you can see all of this stuff going through the air, wads flying everywhere, birds juking and jiving. And all of a sudden, all six of those birds fly off, and you hear Clint over there go, what the hell? <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, was, it was an epic day. Was this, a, was this the past year? No, that was, that was the year with you there. Oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Yo. Oh yeah. <laughs> I got I got that I got that bad boy on video. Hey, like you missed that. Dude, that oh, was a man. crazy. Oh, that was a good season. So that was a good day with Clint. Oh, what a great Clint. We we, we shot a quite lot. a we killed a pretty good amount of birds that day. We got quite a few specks that day. Yeah. Uh, and ducks. Uh, but yeah, there should have been limits across the board, oh, but yeah. you know what, like I said, at the end of the day, the quality of that hunt and those stories and everything and being able to hunt with Clint like that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that definitely, that day was probably one day Yeah. that I will probably tell my great grandkids about. Yep, yep. I like, I will never, like Clint. I'll send you, hey, I'll send you that video for the story <laughs> you when you tell them so they know that you missed. Yeah, oh, yeah. send it to us so I can put it on uh, the social media. Oh, it's, show it's them how so, it shows. <laughs> I have pictures of that day I sent you. So no, I want videos. <laughs> I want videos so I can put it on social media because I can't tell you how much hard time he gave me at shooting birds this whole season where I was like, look, man, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying, man. But, but he's been he's been through it, too, though. So, you know, <laughs> but uh, I and mean, we still hey, hey, we still have those days. I went to the I went to the range the other day with a couple buddies. I, I and they said we were going to go shoot some clays. And I, I don't know whether this is called clays or you're shooting. I know it's not five stand, but you walk around, you know, you, you yell, pull, there's a B bird. Da, 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 da. Sporting clay. Sporting clay. Okay, yeah. sporting clay. Well, apparently the, 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 the course was set up for like the masters. They had a big tournament. Guys come in and I'm like, okay, big deal. Uh, I, I got, there's, you shoot 100, uh, you know, targets. I think I hit 26. Oh, yeah. It- you know, I got smoked. And I, and I was like, this is crazy. This is insane. I was shooting my Benelli, but I had, but I, so I had a full choke in because I shoot a full choke with boss. Yeah. I don't know if that, but, but at the end of the day, you know, I just don't, couldn't tell you why that's not the first time that's ever happened, but I can't shoot clays for nothing. Yo, so like, I don't know what it is, but with, with I can shoot trap. I can try to trap with the, with the kids, and I'll post them on Instagram about it. I can shoot skeet pretty well. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about the sporting clays or the five stand. That's what, that, that's what we're doing tomorrow. That's what we're doing tomorrow. With okay, Honor. so I'll send you some videos of yeah. Joe shooting some uh, sporting, <laughs> sporting clay. That five stand whoops my behind like no other. Yep, but it's yeah, crazy. We'll, we'll see how I do. I'll be uh, shooting some. So what? So what do you shoot? You you said a Benelli. So that well, no, I hunt with a with a pointer four ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a semi-automatic four ten, and Jeb's choke tubes. And I shoot this year. I was shooting Boss number seven. Okay, okay. And you said what uh, choke tube? Uh, I use a Jeb's. Jeb's. Okay. Yep. I like to tell you that, that I think I've sent you about that number six is coming back, my butt, my man. Yes. So I was a little disappointed when they took the sixes away. So, so I hear a lot of people talking about shot and they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe you shoot that size. You know, you got to think it's copper plate to bismuth. You got to get the steel thing out of your head. Uh, you know, a lot of the guys this year, the, the vets were sitting in the blind and there I am with a 410 and they questioned it. Well, they didn't question it after day one because that one lone spec that came in and he, and he peeled off an arse on my side. He was, it was a done deal. He was almost 37, 38 ish yards out and he peeled off and that was the end. That was the end of it. And I popped up and shot one time, crushed him, rolled him over. And everybody's like, okay, there's, so, so at the end of the day, the only difference between a 410 and a 12 gauge is you're shooting the exact same size shot. You're shooting the exact same velocity. It's just that I have less pellets than you do. 
That is the only difference between a 410, a 20, or a 12 gauge. Yeah. You know, so if a 12 gauge number seven will kill speckle bellies and ducks, why can't a 410 do it? Yeah, I mean, energy's energy, energy's energy. It's just that I've got a less of a pellet count. I mean, I've seen I've seen his boy shoot a single shot 410 and just land birds. Yeah. I, I out of your boys, I think your youngest one's a shot, man. Yeah. He got a good oh, shot. Yeah, yeah. They both are good, but. Man, he that one he shot. I don't know how many forty yards away. Yeah. That one he mm-hmm. bam laid it out. It was mm-hmm. it was crazy. It was amazing That's, shot. Teal. Yeah, and it was done. It it wasn't yeah. it wasn't crypt. It was done. It was, right, it was crazy. Right. Yeah, but, don't tell him that though. Those, <laughs> those kids are having bigger than his. Yes, they will. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, hey, just for the viewers, I, I, we've been talking for a while and. Um, definitely, you know, we have probably one of the best, to, in my opinion, if you look at my lanyard, I got, arm. Uh, if you look at a, a, a quack and duck, I have arm calls on my lanyard. Um, so for the, the beginner, the beginner duck hunters are kind of like Chris and that stuff. What do you recommend for those guys getting ready? So- so so everybody so I, I hear a lot of stories about that you know this person recommends this this person recommends this so a lot of people will say well get a cheap duck call to start learning on and i disagree with that wholeheartedly for the simple fact of um i say get the i say get the best duck call that you can possibly get and start working on it uh in my line i is a cold weather fan it doesn't take a lot of air, but it can take a lot of air. Uh, that call has eight world championships under its belt for a reason, uh, to be able to manipulate and do things. But at the end of the day, just your basic quacks. Uh, but I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm wholeheartedly tell people get the best call. So, so let me ask you a question. So you're going to be duck hunting, right? Um, and, and, you know, you go out to buy decoys. You don't search out the cheapest decoy that you can buy. You don't search out the cheapest clothing that you could buy you don't go buy the cheapest boat that you can buy or shotgun you know you don't go out and buy the cheapest single shot shotgun that you can buy you, you all of these all of these things that you that you get but at the end of the day those decoys and that duck call is what convinces the bird to come over so that you can utilize everything else that you spend all that top of the dollar money on so you're willing to spend ten thousand or more on just a boat why wouldn't you at least spend a hundred dollars on a duck call? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, now I'm not saying, now hold up. Now I'm not saying that a cheap duck call can't kill ducks. I'm not saying that at all. And, and if you're people like, but I only want to just kill ducks. Well, I, again, I agree with that. I just, so you just want to drive to the store. <laughs> Why don't you go buy a Yugo? Why don't you have a little three-cylinder little car that you're going to go to the store? I mean, you're just going to the store. Nope. Guys will go down there and they'll get their, you know, they'll go get that big GMC truck, a big Dodge with V8 engine and 400 horsepower. Well, that's the problem. So they they, Dodge. Well, uh, would agree. Would agree. But <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You know, get get something that is going to perform uh, I get asked that a lot. You know, the, the cold weather fan for for just the straight beginner, it, that call you'll never outgrow the call. Yeah. You can take that. You should be able to take that duck call and learn on it, duck on it, 
uh, duck hunt on it or get up on a stage and compete with it. So would you say it'd be smart for me? Cause my, my daughter's actually practicing on my, uh, alpha one. Would it be yeah. smart for me to get her a cold weather fan to keep practicing on? It, so if she wants to blow in meat calling and live duck calling, mm-hmm. I would definitely say a cold weather fan would, would be more advantageous. Okay. The alpha, the alpha is a cold weather fan. However, it's, it's a modified cold weather fan. It'll still do a lot of the ducks on the bottom and everything, but it will get even louder. So those, for those guys that, you know, they refuse to blow soft. They want to blow hard no matter what. Mm-hmm. That's where the alpha comes in at. Hey, Joe. <laughs> I'm pointing at me right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I'm going to go ahead and uh, – because she, she loves it, but I want her I – don't, I don't want her to build bad habits. Um, so yeah. I, yeah. Well, well, you know, like, like the worst bad habit that you can possibly, I believe, start with is grunting. Yeah. If, if, if A, number one, if, if you've got a duck call that you have to grunt into it, there's one of two things going on. Either number one, you're not putting proper air in it, or number two – the duck call doesn't have built-in rattle, and you shouldn't have it on your lander to begin with. Okay. Yeah, because the call I, should have rattle built into it. You can clean a rattle. You can clean the rattle up, but then the guys get over there and they start growling into the calls, and that's that's a very bad habit. Yeah, I, I had a because I actually showed her uh, your Instagram, a couple of the ones you made, and she likes a, yeah. a couple of the pink ones that you make for. Uh, uh, breast, cancer. breast cancer awareness and yeah stuff. for the breast cancer yep so she likes those and i told her and now that i know that you know cold weather fan probably be the best i'll probably end up getting that for her um i mean there, there's a lot of good calls out there i mean if i wasn't blowing an rm on stage or out in the blind mm-hmm. i would be blowing a jj Lairs. brett's a good friend of mine mm-hmm. uh makes a makes a heck of a product super super good guy uh you know that would be the that would be a call that would be on my lane if i wasn't blowing mine yeah, and and the only reason I say that is just because she really wants she wants a duck call comp she wants to be in a competition. So if she she can get a good quality duck call, um, and she gets good enough, then I think that'll be so. Good so her. when it comes when it comes to you being that good, so when you get down the road and everything, mm-hmm. every different maker, you know, the, yes, they all have a they all sound like a duck, but there's different pitches, mm-hmm. there's different back pressures, or they're how loose, how tight. Uh, how difficult it is to manipulate things. Mm-hmm. And that's when a caller gets to a certain level that they start searching for a call, not that makes them sound better, but that allows them to manipulate the call better. Yeah. And those, those little nuances that, that you'll start looking for. Okay. So yeah, uh, you'd say that for a competition call, right? Huh? Now, yeah. That's, that's more for a competition caller who wants to sound. Yes. Now, yep. like, how about a duck caller in the blind? What about a duck caller in the blind? Um, like I, 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 again, I think that every sound that you can possibly make, the more vocabulary that you give yourself. I mean, think about it. So you're sitting in the blind. You're, you don't have – your weapon is that duck call. Yes. All right. The more, the, more, the more ammunition that you have for that duck call, it has an unlimited capacity. Uh, uh, you can put as big of a clip as you want into it or feed it as many rounds as you want. Your ability is what dictates how many bullets that you got in that duck call that puts you out there to be able to call it those ducks. If you limit yourself that I just want to do this, okay, you're you're happy with going to the blind and being able to do those two things or that one thing. Where I hunt, you need to be better than that. I like, I I want to know, I I enjoy having the full vocabulary 
and and I'm always learning to to get better and learn you know new secrets and new little things. But I've always said that the the more that you can have, the more bullets you can have in that sound, the better off you're going to be out in that blind because you you're going to be able you should be able to hit a pitch or a cadence or a sequence or something that at least gets the birds to look. Not that they commit, but they at least like, well, let's just take a look. They give you that chance. Yeah. So I, I think if they don't give you that chance, you know, I mean, you're you're, you're losing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this is actually a really good uh, points and stuff, especially for the our beginner duck callers like me. Yeah. Um, I think what I, what I would like to do, and if it's okay with you, if we can maybe in the maybe in a future, a couple weeks or some, we can actually go over uh, techniques, yeah. uh, the duck call, because um, I know speaking to Joe, I mean you're 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 an encyclopedia of like knowledge when it comes to in detail how to pitch, how to how to. Uh, I'm just a really good BSer, and he hasn't figured that out yet. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, if, if you're if you're up to it, I, we definitely I would love yeah. to have an, another uh, show in a, maybe two weeks or something. Uh, talk to you about in depth about that. Um, yep. Because if we go on now, we'll probably be here till another oh, yeah. three hours, and I feel like it, I mean you can go on and on about this, but. Um, before before we actually get get done with everything, I I did have one more one more question for you. So, yep. what is your favorite waterfowl to target? Pintails. Pintails. Okay. <laughs> pintails. Just be, just because. To me, when you see a pintail flying over, you, you you watch all these ducks and everything. You know, mm-hmm. let's just say that you could be in a you could be in a pit or or a blind or something with every duck, and species wise, it's going to fly by. And I just, I've always felt that when you watch a pintail fly by, mm-hmm. it's its just sheer elegance. Exactly. He's got, a, especially that, that Drake, it looks like he's in a tuxedo and he's flying by, <laughs> you know, and he looks like, hello, how are you doing today down there? <laughs> well, yes, yes, I am. I am a top tier duck. <laughs> but at, after that, uh, you know, I've shot very few widgeon, but I love, love widgeon, but I mean, as far as manipulating, if you said, hey, dude, you got to go pick one duck to hunt, I mean, it's going to be a mallard uh, or a gadwall. Okay. Gadwalls, gadwalls to me are beautiful, so. Yeah, I love them. Mm-hmm. That's probably yeah. one of my favorite. And he, he, funny that he's talking about pintails. It's probably one, one of my best, favorite, most memorable pintail shoots I've had was out there in Stuttgart with you. And yeah, yeah. That, that when those group of pintail came in, they're so beautiful, I don't want to clean them. Yes. <laughs> it's like, dude, I'll clean your gun. I'll go clean your waders if you'll clean my pintails for me. I can't do it. But as bad as some of us were shooting that day, that was a one group of bird we had where everyone shot their one shot. And yep. everyone had a pintail, you know. Would agree. Pass over tea kettle coming to the, into the decoy. Yep. Yeah, I mean – I, I thought this was a really good conversation. We didn't go into this podcast uh, like we usually do. And, yeah, I mean, I, it was fun just talking to you, man. Uh, I really do appreciate you, Stump. Um, yep. So just Thanks for our viewers, so just for our, <laughs> just for our viewers, uh, as far as the duck calls, um, the best way to get RMC calls, is that just through your website? Uh, would be through the website. Through the website, okay. And yep. I, I highly recommend to our viewers just because the quality of them. Because I, I was that guy that uh, bought calls and didn't realize that I needed to get a specific one. So, um, I think for me personally and from my experience, I think a call is something you want to spend your money on. 
Um, just because you, I, I don't think you, I think without a duck call, you're I would, sp- I would spend more money on a duck call and save money on yeah. decoys if I had a choice. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, was, I, I think we talked about, yeah, we talked about that. Because yeah. if, if you go for a low end call, you want to save money. Mm-hmm. I promise you. You're gonna end up spending more money. Yeah, because you're gonna keep buying low end calls. That one high end call. Yeah. I mean, it don't matter what. You know, like I said, I I blow RM. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean R and T, like he said, rich and you know, rich in tone, Echo. You know, there is plenty of good call companies out there. But you know, yeah, there's some there's some good custom call makers out there, Brad. You know, Brad Samples, Ken Eason. Yeah. Uh, super, super good gentlemen in life, but they make a very good product. It's very pretty as well. But spend your money on that, you know, on that one call. Spend a hundred dollars on one call instead of two hundred dollars on ten shitty calls you don't want. Yep. Um, hey, uh, before we get off, you know, and we, you know, we end it. What do you have on your land this year, and what do you, what do you think you can handle with next year? What do you mean as far as call? Oh, yeah, as far as calls. I'll, I'll probably end up – normally on my lander these days is a 410 and an alpha. Okay. Yep, I, I, hunt a, I hunted a 410 just about every day this year, uh, and then I throw the alpha on there you know, for, that, for a deeper pitch, uh, a little bit more volume if necessary. Uh, but 410, the 410 allows me to hit everything that I personally want to hit in the blind and everything. Okay. So besides that, besides that, with it being our newest design, I like to hunt them hard and, and be able to give people feedback, see what works, see what doesn't work. And, uh, and then listen to the customer and say, you know, what'd you guys see? What, what do you guys think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And like, like I said, it was amazing talking to you, just kind of going into this as talking as friends. So um, for our viewers, again, uh, if you didn't catch it, but, RMC is it RMC uh, calls dot com or yeah it's R- RM custom calls RM at, custom calls. Uh, dot, dot com you could also find them on Instagram Facebook I know I have them on Instagram and Facebook as well so yeah. I, I don't do I don't do the book of faces but there is a collector page <laughs> yeah, that some yeah. some gentleman runs it over there and everything yeah the calls yeah. are beautiful so um, again yeah. we also want to thank Valor and Honor Outdoors for everything you do um, I want to thank everybody who supports us out there. And anybody, if you guys, any veterans out there, service members, first responders, you have any questions or any uh, topics you want to go over, please uh, reach out to us on uh, social media or uh, through our um, email at uh, flywayconnectionspodcast uh, at gmail.com. So, uh, Stump, it was amazing talking to you, brother. Um, hey, bro. We'll definitely get you back so we can get more into details on calls and also uh, maintenance. I, I definitely want to learn a little bit more on maintenance. Would love to teach people how to tune their own call. Yeah, that, that, that's that a, that's like amazing. the that's like if you could teach waterfowlers how to tune their own call, it would you know it, things would be just so much better. Yeah, I definitely need help doing that because I I tuned my own and Joe's like, what the heck did you do to it? Oh, uh, when I when I tell you how to do it, you can be like, that's it. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's really it, guys. We're, we're not going to Mars. This isn't NASA. It's easy. But again, I really appreciate it. Some you have anything, Joe? I mean, uh, you know, I said, good buddy of mine. Always appreciate talking to you, and um, you know, I got, well, like I said, this is a good mentor of mine, and like I said, love you like a brother, my man. Love you too, brother, man. All right, all right. We'll talk to you later, Stump.
All right, guys, have a good one. Thank you, too, too, man. Uh-huh. God bless. Thanks. Bye. Bye.